Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Amen. Tonight's subject is remembering what God said. Remembering what God said. Reading in John chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, God's word said, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered, everybody say remembered. His disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. You notice here in this passage, John is writing to the present for all the readers, but he points everybody towards the future something that haven't happened yet in the narrative, and that is the rising of the Lord. And after he was risen, the disciples remembered something that Jesus had done. If you have one of those old school pages, Bible, go right to John chapter number 12. If you're reading up on the screens, just keep your eyes on the screens. If you're on your phone, just kind of scroll up, I guess. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Last passage in John chapter number 14 Verses 25 through 31, Jesus is speaking and says, These things have I spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father as the Father gave me commandments, so do I. 
Arise and let us go from here. Remembering what God said. Amen. Let's just, as we remain seated, pray together and ask God to help us to remember what he has said. Father, I pray in your name, Lord. God, not only for your word to speak tonight, but rather more so remind us of what you have already said, Lord. Because some of us right now, we don't need a new word. We need to believe just the old word. And we need to, amen, be brought to our remembrance, our mind, what you have spoken to us in the past, amen. For the past at times can give us clarity of this present and this coming future. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I am continuing just simply the resurrection season in these messages. We did this last Wednesday, and we're going to do it tonight. We do it for Christmas. We certainly do it for Easter, and I just feel that there is so much uh, to be said and to be preached, things that we don't hear preached or taught very much about the resurrection, and I feel it's so powerful and is so uplifting and will bring uh, the church so much joy and so much peace. But uh, have you noticed a lot lately, there's a lot of advertisements for um, memory loss medication these days? Yeah. I mean, it's on the TVs, it's on the radios, it's on the social media ads. Take this pill and never forget anything ever again. Take this powder and become alert and energized to remember everybody's name. And uh, it doesn't really affect me, I, I suppose. I think I have pretty much uh, good memory, sometimes not more and less than others. But uh, they're going after coffee for some reason. They're trying to eliminate coffee. They're trying to cancel coffee and replace it with uh, mushroom powder. And if you enjoy your mushroom powder and it's working for you and you're alert here in church, by all means, take your mushroom powder. But there is just an overall message with something new and something great and something here and there to just help you to remember and I think I have forgotten more, just tasks, to-dos, things like that, the last two years, I think, ever in my whole life. And I've heard even other people in the church talk about it and other people out there. And I just think it has a lot to do with the stress and anxiety and moments of extreme melancholy and, yes, even depression that we have experienced the last two years and just simply all of the bad news that we have had. You know, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress can cause forgetfulness. It can cause confusion, and it can be very difficult sometimes to just simply concentrate when there's a lot of problems and situations that come up in your daily activities. I kid you not, yesterday morning I was in front of my computer writing down some notes and things that I felt for tonight's service, and I don't know how, but I got to uh, scrolling and started looking at fishing lures. And I caught myself in the middle of that. I said, how did I get from preparing for God's word to fishing lures? And I thought, my mind is wandering, and this is not good, and got to get back on task here. And I think companies, medication companies, whatever kind of companies are seeing this happen to the world and are saying that the world needs to introduce a new this and a new that to its system. If you have done those things. We're not against memory loss medication, certainly. But it's just caused me to think, how much have I forgotten that God has spoken to me that I really need to be remembering at this time in my life? 
I'll tell you what, on Easter Sunday, during the altar call, pastor said, if anybody here has a need here, if you have physical needs, emotional needs, just raise your hand. And I looked over and saw Sister Espinosa raise her hand, and I saw faith on her countenance. And I went over and prayed for her. She said, I have pain in my back. And I said, let's pray. And as I prayed, I felt faith. And I asked her, how are you feeling? And she said, the pain is still there. Now, perhaps the normal Justin would say, well, we'll just wait on the Lord and, you know, keep on moving. But something came to my memory at that moment. And it was a scripture that I had read earlier that week in the book of First Kings when Elijah didn't just stretch himself once over the child who was dead. He didn't just do it twice, but the Bible says three times. And that came to my memory and I thought, you know what? I think this is probably going to be a three prayer event. We prayed the second time. The pain was still there. But that third time, another scripture, another word came to my mind, the laying on of hands. So I went, God, Brother Espinosa, and I said, please put your hands on your wife's back where the pain is. And he did. And we prayed a third time. And she said, I began to feel popping in my back and began to feel mobility in my back. And slowly but surely, God is touching her. Let me tell you this, amen, the gift of healing flowed at that moment, yes, but let me tell you what else happened there. God brought to our remembrance, amen, things that he already written, amen, to help us find the miracle in that moment. And I've come to tell you, yes, we preach a lot about forget the past and let the past be behind you, right? But God is saying, don't always just forget everything in the past because there are things that I have said and I have done in the past, amen, that has done and been established to build your faith and to give you direction, amen, for present times of uncertainty. I think everybody had to have a favorite message that was spoken years ago. You ought to have a favorite moment at the altar, amen, that you cling on to even to this day, or a favorite Bible verse, or even a dream, or a vision, or a prophecy, or a tongues and interpretation, or a thing like that, amen. God doesn't want you just to forget everything, but he wants you to remember his works. He wants you to remember his word. He wants you to remember and testify of the things he has done. Hallelujah. Joseph in Genesis had dreams when he was a young boy of stars bowing down to him and his brothers even standing before him with all of the, the harvest, the mandrakes that they had collected and he saw their, their harvest, the mandrakes fall down before him and he'd forgotten about those dreams. Didn't think they meant anything. Just thought they were just simply dreams until he was sold into slavery, until he was brought into Potiphar's house, until he was put into prison and brought out of prison because he was an interpreter of dreams and standing there now as Pharaoh's governor and there was a famine in the land and his brothers come in, brothers he hadn't seen for years after they sold him away. They bowed down before him and all of a sudden he remembered the dreams and at that moment, he realized God saw this moment. Everything that I thought that was for evil, everything that I thought was happening to me was not just happening to me, but rather it was happening for me. It was not being done to demote me, but rather was leading me to become the most powerful person in the earth, second to Pharaoh. And all of that came to his mind because he remembered 
what God had said. Never forget what God had said. Never forget that passage you read in the Bible that spoke to you years ago and you're wondering, how is it going to happen to me in my life? If there is a scripture you need to have in your mind and highlighted really well in your Bible and at the top list of your Bible verses in your journal, it is what the Bible says, all things work together for the good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. Remember that, amen. If you're a child of God, you're a called of God. You've been saved, amen. You've obeyed the gospel. You're in covenant with God. Don't think for one minute that bad things won't happen to you. I remember thinking when COVID came out, we're Holy Ghost filled. It's not even gonna touch the church. Oh, I found out that microbes don't care if you're Holy Ghost filled or not. And we later found out they don't really care if you're vaccinated or not, perhaps. You can wash your hands like a surgeon, use a handkerchief to touch every doorknob, but you get within 60 yards of somebody who just sneezed or coughed with COVID, you're probably going to get COVID. But my Bible says, amen, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. And I remember when I had that horrible sickness, something that we should still even take seriously to this day, and waking up morning after morning with raging fever and horrible body aches and losing my sense of smell and all other types of things going wrong. Amen. I remember what the psalmist said. They that love the Lord, no evil shall befall thee, nor any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And I said, COVID, you may have gotten to me, but you're not going to get to my kids. Amen. It's not going to spread any further, but it is stopping right here and right now. And I can testify that it never passed to the kids. As far as I know, it never passed to me to anybody else it was contained I got better I got my smell back I got my energy back and I'm here standing to tell you amen that God is still good it worked out for my good it worked out for my benefit and God is helping us through these times praise the Lord the disciples did forget a lot of what Jesus said but there was quite a few things that they did not forget you know the gospels contain the works of Jesus but it's the book of Acts, when you read it, it is the Spirit of God working through the apostles. You know, Jesus told them that after I'm gone, a lot of you are gonna have to leave a lot of things. You'll have to leave your family. You'll have to leave your friends. Some of you will have to go into hiding. But Jesus promised them, anybody who has left all for my name's sake will not only receive a hundredfold in this life, but also you will inherit it in eternal life. They didn't forget that. Oh, they clung to that and it happened. Jesus told them, greater works shall you do than these works that I do. They never forgot that. It was fulfilled in their ministry. I'm thankful to know that they didn't forget, amen, the great commission. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. They didn't forget that because it was one of the first things they did, amen, at the beginning of the church. Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They didn't forget that. They did it. He said, they'll speak with new tongues. They didn't forget that. They did it. Jesus said, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They did not forget that. Sometimes it is just remembering what Jesus said to do. Believe it and watch it happen. Praise God. But there were two major things 
written in the Gospel of John that we read earlier that the disciples did forget about. They forgot or didn't really understand or comprehend, put it out of their mind that Jesus said that if you will destroy this temple, not referring to the large temple that they worshiped in, but rather the temple of the Lord's body, Jesus himself, God manifested in the flesh. He said, if you will destroy it, it will be raised in three days. They forgot about that. That's why they fled in the garden. That's why Peter, when the Lord would talk about these things, he said, not so, my Lord. And Jesus said to him, if you're not for me, get behind me, Satan. If you come against my mission, I don't care if I have called you or not. You come against my plan and my mission, get behind me. They've forgotten about that. And it wasn't until after the resurrection of the Lord, when the spirit came, that they remembered what Jesus said, that his temple, his body would be destroyed and he raised it in three days. Mm. John chapter 12, the prophecy said, your king is coming lowly upon a colt. I'm sure they wonder when Jesus said, go into the city, find a little horse there, a little donkey, a little colt there. Bring him out to me. I remember, I wonder if thinking, why didn't they think maybe, why not a, a nice black stallion or, you know, a large, beautiful horse? Why not? Why, why something small? But okay, fine. We'll get it, whatever the Lord wants. But the Bible said, prophecy said that he came in lowly upon a donkey. Notice this. They forget that God said, I would suffer and they forget that God said I would come in on a lower quality means of transportation into the city. I'm going to suffer and I'm not going to come in on the best that life has to offer. And I think we to this day are no different. When God speaks, we usually miss hints of hard times that will one day come. And we usually miss hints of sometimes seasons when we feel like we are at a lower status or a setback. And it's only until the time when we get to those moments and we have nowhere to turn that the Holy Ghost tends to jog our memory that God said, where you're at right now, I knew you would be there and I gave you a heads up. It is in those moments when you feel like you've lost everything, that nothing is working out, you know you're serving the Lord. You know you're being faithful in every aspect of your life, but bad things are happening. God has come to remind his church that those bad things are not meant to destroy you, but to propel you. Not meant to bring you down, but to bring you up. Amen. Jesus didn't die just to die. He died for our sins. He was put in that grave and his soul went down into hell so you and I wouldn't have to go to hell. And the disciples who fled couldn't see it and couldn't know it, what was going on in the spirit world at that time. You see, God has a different view of suffering. To those of us who suffer for righteousness sake and for doing good, God looks up in the heavens and claps and says, big benefit is coming to them. Big rewards are coming to them because they are following in my footsteps. They're taking up the cross like I took up the cross. They're suffering betrayal as I suffered betrayal. 
And in doing that, as I was promoted, as I was glorified, as I was brought up, so shall I bring up my people that go through those things. Praise the Lord. When you feel a setback in your life, you go from the stallion to the little donkey, a stubborn little mule. And you're wondering, why do I have to enter in before all of these people on this thing? Why couldn't I come greater? God's looking down and saying, I was lowly. Anytime I went into that city, there was never any room for me in the hotel. I always had to sleep outside. I had to sleep in stables. I had to sleep in mangers. It was never good for me. But can I tell you, Jesus went from the grave, amen, to heaven's glorified. He went from the lowly cold, amen, to a beautiful white horse that he's going to come down to upon this earth. Hallelujah. You may be, amen, going through something terrible. You may be going through something bad right now. And you know it not ought to be. Can I tell you, it's working out for your good. It's working out for your benefit. In this resurrection season, may you remember, amen, years ago, God said you would be here right now. God said you would go through this. And if God said you're going through it, it means it's working out for something good, something better. And when you get through it, amen, you're going to be in a better place with it. Hallelujah. If you receive it right now, can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said the Holy Ghost is going to come and it's going to teach you things. It's going to educate you in things. And it will help you remember things. It's not only going to teach, but it's going to help you remember things. And I really like that. And I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about all the teachers that I had in school. I had a lot of great teachers, a lot of great professors. And something that was always common with every course and every class I took, they always gave you a test. And they gave you a piece of paper, you know, with questions on it. True or false. Question and short answer. Multiple guess. I mean, multiple choice, excuse me. And, and I get that test and think about all the things that I, I remember them writing on the board and all things I wrote in the textbook and thinking about all the things I tried to memorize in my notebook. All the teachers were different. All the tests were different. But something that was in common with all of those teachers, none of them helped you remember anything on the test. They would just sit up there and tap their pen and look at the clock and wait on you to turn in your paper. None of them would help you remember a thing. There was no hints. In their mind, that was cheating. They, you had to cram in all that information and put it inside of your heart and be tested to see how you know that. Let me tell you this. God sometimes does that. There are times that God is silent. You mark it down. It's not permanent silence. When it comes to a time of suffering and when it comes to a time of low status, if God has already said you're going to be there, the Holy Ghost will help you remember. It will help you remember what God said. Praise the Lord. I remember in Bible college, we had a youth ministry class. And they had a teacher and quite a few guest speakers. And it seemed like all of those teachers and all of those guest speakers always talked about church buses breaking down. They always talked about that. Your church bus will break down. The dreaded church bus. 
Church buses are a hassle. I hate church buses. It's the worst part of youth ministry, this or that and the other. Praise God. And I remember that going in one ear and out the other ear. You know, I'm wanting to hear about how to preach to youth. And I'm remembering how to have powerful altar calls, you know, and, and, how, and how to help them and how to relate to them. And I just completely ignored the church bus deal. Until that first trip as youth pastor in 2005 to North American Youth Congress. We loaded up our old church bus. It was good for local trips, but not good for long trips. And on that long trip, as you can believe it, we broke down and had a major setback. I remember uh, doing everything we could to get the bus running again. We finally did. And when we pulled up into the hotel, a cloud of smoke just went out of that bus, just all into that hotel. I'm like, yeah, Life Church. Stan Gleason's church is here, right here. Thankfully, we got there and got home safe and had a great youth congress. Praise the Lord. Life-changing. Maybe some of you in here were at that youth congress. You know, during all of that, I remembered what they taught me. Your church bus will break down, and I never thought it would ever happen to me. I tell myself that a lot. It'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to me. But all the signs and the red flags are going off. The more and more you hear it, the more and more you need to realize you're nobody extra special You're going to go through problems too, just like the rest of us. You're not above reproach. You're not above breakdowns. You're not above flat tires. It's going to happen. I remember when I came home from Bible college, I came home single. You know, you're supposed to go to Bible college and get married, right? It was called Gateway Bridal College for a reason. We came home single. And I was so upset because it seemed like Sunday after Sunday, people would come up to me, did you get a girlfriend this week? What's wrong with you? You need a girlfriend. What's wrong with you? You need a girlfriend. We want to see Justin Gleason get married. And it became so discouraging. I think more people wanted me to get married. And my parents wanted me to get married more than I wanted to get married. And it came to a point that I realized, you know what? I want to get married and I'm not married. Is there something wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I remember it was a few months after I came home, I was praying about it, and I said, God, I'm single, and, it, and it's a disaster, and you know, life is passing me by. I'm 22 years old. I might as well be 72, you know, and life's passing me by. And <clears throat> started complaining to the Lord about it. And just like the Bible said, the word of the Lord came to me. I wasn't talking to him about the youth group, wasn't talking to him about lost souls, wasn't talking to him about the building relocation, what was going on right there. It was very, very selfish at that moment. Me, my loneliness, my struggle to get married. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, you will see your wife in 2006. 2006 came and I tried to date every girl that I could, every eligible maiden. And... I went to every event that I could, every Pentecostal convention, every camp, and met every girl I could. And the last event that I would go to would be General Conference that year in Columbus, Ohio. And I went, went on dates, nothing happened. But I remember a friend of mine from the table getting up and going through the hotel lobby through a bunch of people, and he went over and talked to a group there. And I remember looking and seeing a very, very beautiful blonde-haired girl. And I think the date that I was with that night saw it, and didn't want to have anything to do with me the rest of the night, probably rightfully so. It wasn't a good date anyway, so. 
And my friend came back and I said, who is that? And he said, relax, man. She's only like 19. I'm like, oh, okay, or 18 or 19. A few years later, I'm at that friend's wedding and I meet a beautiful blonde girl, sister Anna Bullock. And uh, we started talking. You know, 2006 came and gone and I wasn't uh, married. I wasn't engaged, let alone dating anybody. But then in 2008, I met Sister Anna Bullock and we got to talking and it came to the point where, you know, you got to have the talk, right? You know, the small talk is over and you got to have the talk. And I began to talk to her about my life and my future and she talked to me about her life and her future. I began to think, God, I need to know if this is it, if this is right now. And the Holy Ghost reminded me of something. He reminded me of what he said to me. You will see your wife in 2006. Truthfully, I had forgotten about that word. I put it aside because 2006 came and I wasn't married. But God didn't say you're going to get married in 2006. God didn't say you're going to get engaged in 2006. God said you're going to see your future wife in 2006. And I asked my girlfriend at that time, Anna, were you at General Conference in 2006? She said, yes, first one I ever went to, only one I ever went to. And I said, were you staying at such and such a hotel? She said, yeah. I said, on the last night, were you in the lobby and such and such got up and went through a bunch of people and talked to you? She said, oh my goodness, yes. And oh my goodness, I remember seeing you. And she described my suit and my tie. That's how good I look. She remembered even through all of that. <laughs> And I realized in that moment, she was the only eligible apostolic lady that I never went up and met, but the only one that I only saw. And I realized in that moment how personable God's voice can be and how specific God can be. I thought I didn't hear from God. I thought just in a moment of desperation, that was just my conscience feeling sorry for myself and telling me things. And then I realized, and I promise God, I will never mistake your voice for my doubt ever again. Sometimes when you're going through a dark time, it can be easy to forget, but it's in those times that the Holy Ghost comes, the helper, the comforter. And what does it do? It reminds you of what Jesus said, not only in this book, but through his spirit the Bible says they remembered specific things about suffering and about low status after his resurrection. Because after the resurrection, they realized everything that this Jesus said was true. I know he walked on the water. I know he opened blinded eyes. I know he raised the dead. But for himself to come out of the grave, I'm convinced. This is the great Jesus. This is the great Messiah that we have always wanted, but he left them. But he didn't leave them comfortless. He didn't leave them all alone. He sent the great spirit of Almighty God, and that same spirit is with us to this day. And the word of the Lord and his spirit in agreement are reminding all of us that in this resurrection season, if you're going through something, let the Holy Ghost remind you of what God gave you years ago about the here and the now, can you say praise the Lord? Musicians, please come. There are some memories and some things of deep meaning that only the Holy Ghost can recover in your soul. 
There is something, I feel it. I don't know who it's for, but it's for many here tonight. I felt it as I prayed for you this morning. God is wanting to pull something very special, a God moment from your past to bless your present in this season. God has done it for this church corporately in this campaign. Years ago, God gave Charles Mahaney, he's passed away now, but years ago, he gave him a vision in the 70s. He saw a large mountain and many cars flowing to a church that was on top of it. And he had no idea what that was until he came and stood on this mountain in the year 2007. And he said, this is it. This is the vision. It's been almost 30 years and this is the vision. Where God gave him 30 years ago, never saw it fulfilled, but it was fulfilled that he went to be with Jesus not many months after that. We had a man of God back in the 90s said, concerning your location, your relocation, I see tall steel beams. But what does that mean in a relocation? Who wants to have beams in a relocation, right? We want to see pews. We want to see a big altar. We want to see a big baptistry. We want to see nice media screens. We want to see a pulpit. And all we got was beams. Until we came up here on this property and we looked and these big old transmitters that KCPNL has set up, that was the sign. This is what God saw all along. Before this building was built, the only thing that existed, man-made on this property, were those transmitters. And we remembered the word of the Lord and we knew this is it. A word that we had forgotten about. A word that seemed irrelevant all of a sudden become real in that present, in that moment when we're looking for land and looking for a place. That's how powerful the past words of God are. The Holy Ghost would cause you to remember. In that time, another man of God stood up and said, concerning your relocation, I see an elevator company and $2.3 million. And we got up here and we got the land and we built the building and we kind of forgot about that. Till a few years later, some of our boys, some of the boys in this church were out on the property looking around and my younger brother, Caleb Gleason, came to dad and showed him an old oil can from Otis Elevator Company. The pastor went out there and saw those old elevator shafts and got to digging and found $2.3 million in gold out there. No. But we uh, added up the amount of giving that had been given to the relocation from the beginning of it until that moment. And you know what it was? $2.3 million. That's how detailed and exact the voice of the Lord can be. One of our first worship services here, our pastor got up and said, and there was less people there at that service than there are here tonight. And he said, people are going to come from everywhere our church is going to grow. They're going to come from everywhere. And you're going to ask yourself where they come from. And we'll all say, we don't even know where they came from. And that has happened. Seems like every Sunday, even after this day, I see new people. I'm like, where'd you come from? And they tell me the story. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know you could even hear about a church or come to a church in that way. It's being fulfilled. We've got many prophecies that are just waiting to be fulfilled. One of which we're praying about. The word of the Lord came to us in the late 90s and said, my provision is in the land. What does that mean? It means like what the, stall, the tall metal steel beams means. It means a mountain and many cars 
It means an elevator company in 2.3 million. It means, and we'll know what it means when that time comes and that time is going to happen. Praise the Lord. I just feel the voice of the Lord is calling out to somebody saying, remember what I said. Never forget it. Let my resurrection remind you of it. Let my spirit teach you about it. Let my voice and my understanding give you all wisdom and knowledge concerning it. And I believe the Lord wants to do that for us tonight. Can we all stand? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel your presence. Amen. The rest of the service is about to be very, very prophetic. About to be very, very spiritual. Some of you, you're about to have a personal visitation of the Holy Ghost here tonight. And even an angel is coming to minister to folks in here tonight. Jesus said, I leave you with my peace. I give you my peace. Think about that. The greatest peace in the world is the peace that Jesus had during his entire ministry. All of the things he had to accomplish, stress didn't stop him. Anxiety didn't stop him. Betrayal didn't stop him. Nothing stopped him because he had peace. And he said, the very same peace that I hold, I give it to you. And everything I went through, you can go through it because you've got my peace. Everything I endured, you can endure it because you have my peace. The same peace is in this room. He said, that peace, you're going to have it. Why? Because the Spirit is coming to teach you and to remind you of a few things. And if you're hungry to be reminded of the Word of God, I invite you to join me at this altar tonight. The voice of the Lord is not loud. Sometimes it is, but for the most part, it's gentle like a dove. The Spirit moves and operates like a gentle, beautiful bird. It doesn't come down like a hawk. It doesn't come down like a buzzard. It's not loud like a rooster, but it is oh so gentle and oh so sweet and so quiet. Amen. And if you really want to hear from God, you really don't talk a lot. Really, you open up your ears. And that's what we're doing tonight. We need to just open up our ears unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You've been Googling too much of what you've been going through. You've been trying to research too much on the internet of what you're going through. And God is saying, why not look to my word what I gave you? Why not remember, amen, what pastor preached years ago? Why not remember what I said to you in a prayer meeting? Why not remember, amen, what I gave you in a devotion one morning in your Bible? Why not remember, amen, a dream I gave you? Why not remember a vision that I gave you years ago? Why not remember that? Holy Ghost, I ask you, amen, to do something special for your people tonight. And teach us all things and help us remember all things. Hallelujah. If you receive it, amen, would you just lift a hand unto the Lord and say, I am open. My heart is ready to receive it, Lord. Hallelujah. If I got to remember, help me remember. I can't forget what you've said. I can't forget what you have done, my Lord. Hallelujah. The shepherd is in this room tonight. He's coming, amen, to speak to his sheep. Hallelujah. For those of you that know his voice, it's calling out to you. It's calling out to you now in Jesus' name. There it is. Hallelujah. He came to remind this church of something. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we will remember what you said. We will remember what you said. We'll remember what you said. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Praise God. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The shepherd is here now. Will you call to his voice and come back to him in Jesus' name? Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.